Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson, joined, of course, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. And we are joined by a very special guest today. We've been hyping him up all week. Greg Moore from the Dead Men Walking podcast is joining us. We're very excited to have you. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I don't know if I'm a special guest. If I am <laughs> special, maybe it's in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> but still special, so that that still counts. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, we, we met Greg at the uh, FLF conference in Knoxville, Tennessee last October. Um, we've been kind of following his podcast ever since then. Uh, we had him on the show. We did an interview with him. We were on his show uh, last year as well, and that was very fun experience. Um, if you guys haven't heard of the Dead Men Walking podcast before, you're missing out on some great content. We highly recommend checking it out. Um, and you're on all sorts of places like Apple Podcasts. Do you do a video format as well, or is it just purely podcast stuff? No, you can go check out the videos. Every episode is on our YouTube channel at Dead Men Walking Podcast. But um, I think I have a face for podcasting, so a lot of people listen. don't necessarily <laughs> watch as much, which is oh, that's fine. funny. Well, I, I, we must have the same conundrum because we have the exact same amount of audience. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> yeah, it's on podcasters as opposed to video. So sweet. Um, yeah, so I will. Uh, we're going to kick things off as we always do talking about our verse of the week. Then I'm going to introduce uh, Greg Moore a little bit more and give him an opportunity to talk more about his podcast. And then we'll dive right into our discussion topic today. But of course, we have a show website, trdshow.net. Check that out. We got all sorts of cool stuff there. Very shortly, you'll be able to watch all of our content from our website. You won't have to go anywhere else. Should be just a few short weeks now. <laughs> uh, send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you. So our verse this week, we've been talking about it all week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Our verse is Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15, which says, And I commend joy, for man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go with him in all his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under Son. And again, that's Ecclesiastes 8.15. So we've been talking all this week about it, so I'm not going to go super duper in-depth into it. If you missed our previous two episodes, check those out for more in-depth stuff on this verse. But the important, one of the most important aspects of this is um, we're not Gnostics. <laughs> so we don't shun. Oh, that's good. Yeah, right. <laughs> in case you're wondering, we're not Gnostics. Um, <laughs> so we don't shun this physical world. We don't think that the only a uh, source of pure uh, uh, and 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 loveliness comes only from the spiritual world. We're not people who are sitting in our armchairs, uh, nose in a book at all times of the day, piously looking down on others for living their lives in this physical world. Right? God created this physical world, and we shouldn't shun this world or the things that God created in this world. So. There is a difference between the ideologies of this world as opposed to the created things that God created in this world. So there's a lot more that we talked about uh, in that verse throughout the rest of the week. So check out our Monday and Wednesday episodes for more information on that. Jacob talked a lot about the joy aspect of this. We talked a lot about that on Wednesday as well, how we should be living life joyfully, how 
others should look at us the same way they looked at the Puritans and say, wow, that the life they're living is just, it's too glad to be true. They're, why are they so happy? What is it that, that makes them so different? Why do they live such wonderful lives and they're not depressed all the time and they're not dreary? Why are they so happy? People should be asking that of us as Christians today, uh, like they did with the Puritans. So, but more on that on our Wednesday episode. So check that out. All right. So let's get into this. Today's topic is talking about working alongside Reformed Baptists. And we have a uh, special guest, Greg Moore. Greg is a real estate broker, county commissioner, and a musician. Ooh. I want to hear more about that. That'd be cool. Um, right. <laughs> he is a project manager with a Fortune 500 company and now owns his own business. Growing up in a Christian home, Greg always loved discussing religion and politics. He enjoys hunting, camping, and worshiping on his keyboard or drums. That's awesome. Greg resides in Michigan with his wife's wife, Samantha, of 16 years and their three children. Congratulations. That's awesome. So, like I said, we met Greg at the... Fight Laugh Feast Conference in Knoxville, Tennessee. He also had a podcast uh, table set up in Podcast Row alongside us there with the Dead Men Mocking podcast. Um, super cool podcast. I love like all the different segments you do. There's like newsy news. There's all these different questions you have laid out for uh, guests, all this kind of stuff. It's it's a really engaging podcast. I got to say that's top notch. Oh, well, thank you very much. <clears throat> so um, today, you know, Greg was just at the, you were at the Shadows to Substance conference. Uh, where was, where was that again? That was like two weeks ago. Tullahoma, Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And with uh, Je Pastor Jeffrey Rice. Um, okay. He, he does the rebinding, uh, probably more popular for doing the rebindings for like guys like James White and Dog the Bounty Hunter. He does the Bible rebounds, uh, rebinds. And we went to his church in Tullahoma, Tennessee. Uh, was that about two weeks ago? I believe it's uh, Reformed Covenant Baptist Church. Oh, nice. Okay. Very okay. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was seeing all sorts of like videos and presentations and even some pretty funny memes. What was that one about the uh, if Harbor Freight? sold doug wilson and jeff durbin <laughs> so ken foskey was there which if you're not familiar yes. with ken foskey yes i was the harbor freight uh <laughs> jeff durbin that's that's awesome nice. i'm the chief invitation which i'm fine with to even be in the con <laughs> same conversation with mr durbin is fine yeah which yeah. Um, i will be seeing jeff actually next week down uh in Ooh. columbus ohio we're, we're putting Lucky. together a end abortion now bill that we want oh, uh, wow. some of the guys to sponsor but um, Ken Foskey was down there and he was interviewing James White and he dressed up as Doug Wilson and we were writing some material, <laughs> some questions for, for a, that Doug Wilson oh my to, goodness. to ask uh, James White, which was, it was fun. It was a good That's time. Hilarious. It was a small conference, but met some brothers in the Lord there um, that aren't necessarily platformed as wide as a James White or Doug Wilson, Yeah, but um, solid men of God doing the work of God, um, growing the church, nurturing the sheep. And it was just, it was, it was very fun. And I was one of four reformed Presbyterians there among mostly reformed Baptists. So they had a good time yeah. uh, ribbing me and telling me they were going <laughs> to baptize me by the end of the week. Yeah, right. and, and, yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the running joke. Whenever you get around Reformed Baptists, yeah, you've experienced <laughs> that too. <laughs> they uh, they don't want to let me near any um, puddles of water if their children are nearby. They also don't want me to bring like any sprinklers or uh, toy uh, water pistols for, to parties for some reason. I don't know why. I can't. 
figure it out. If there are children there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, the night before the conference started, we all went out to Buffalo Wild Wing, and there was about 12 of us. I don't know why I just said wing. It's wings. Buffalo Wild <laughs> Wings. And we were sitting there, and we're all talking, and all the pastors are around. There's probably about 12 of us. And one of the gentlemen said to the waitress, you know, just light sauce, just a just a dab of sauce. And from there, I, I had to say, oh, so you sprinkle the wings. Worse <laughs> the people, huh? And from there, yeah, right. four, yeah. four days, three and a half days of ribbing back and forth. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, the first time I went to a Baptist church was actually, I think it was last year. Um, cause I was raised Presbyterian my whole life, you know, OPC, RCUS. And so went to a Baptist church last year, uh, to help out with their music. And, um, they had this massive, like pool like thing in the front. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I had to ask him, I'm like, what, what is this for? <laughs> for when the AC and, uh, stops working and everyone needs to take yeah. a swim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was telling Jake about it later and he's like, wow, that's a lot of babies. <laughs> <laughs> you you just hilarious. walk in there. You're like, how many babies can you fit in that thing? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're expecting a lot of kids to show up today. All right, cool. You know, <laughs> that's funny. Very um, optimistic about the kingdom growth in your church. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, um, so yeah, so part of this was, you know, I was hearing about this Shadows to Substance conference, hearing that it was um, very much a, like a Reformed Baptist sort of thing, which intrigued me. Um, and then when I heard more about what the content was, like, I think you were, I don't know, was it Claude Ramsey you were talking to or somebody else? But you asked them, like, why was it called the Shadows to Substance? And they were explaining that it's the whole, you know, uh, the Old Testament, the continuity between the Old Testament and the New Testament, what was shadows types figures in the Old Testament has been realized yeah. in Christ and the New Testament, all of that, um, which to me was was really neat. Um, and, you know, Jake and I were discussing it a little bit and he was like, well, you know, that that almost seems like sort of milk of the word sort of thing. And I was like, yeah, we were kind of discussing it and thinking about it. One of the elements that intrigued me was that well okay if, if they're be, if they're thinking covenantally you know if they're yeah. if they're looking into this and really studying this making a whole conference about the continuity between the old testament and the new testament which i think is one of the, the one of the key points of conflict between presbyterians well more reformed presbyterians and baptists yeah. uh, is that continuity that lack of continuity it, it explains so much when it comes to eschatology when it comes to baptism when it comes to just so many things um what are your thoughts about the types of people that were going to the conference was this a lot of new information was this kind of what they needed to hear in terms of like this will help them develop their theology in terms of continuity what what are your your thoughts on that so uh jeff rice pastor jeff rice who put it who put that conference on he kind of he had someone um, uh, say to him, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, but basically said the, the the shadow of Christ, the end of the shadow of Christ falls at the foot of the cross. And um, the, one of the one of the funny things was we were kind of joking back and forth because they most of the speakers there called themselves covenantal covenant theology reformed Baptist. And I would make light and go up the most covenantal guy here. I mean, you talk about the covenant. That's what pedo baptism is. It's an extension yeah. of the circumcision covenant. Yeah. So, so that was one of the running was the running jokes. And I would agree with you that covenant theology does simplify. And 
uh, covenant theology is a beautiful thing when you look at Christ as a shadow in the Old Testament. I think this conference was very needed, though, because you have a lot of evangelical pastors out there, a lot of famous ones, and especially within the last few years, like uh, Andy Stanley, that wants to unhitch the Old Testament from the New Testament, says there is no reason why we should be looking back when, in fact, if nothing else, at the very least, the old, very least, the Old Testament emboldens our faith when we see those shadows. So the, hmm. the conference every day, each speaker had a different uh, subject. Adam was a type of Christ. Abraham was a type of Christ. Noah in the, in the ark was a type of Christ, a shadow of things to come. And overall, I think it was a, um, I mean, like I said, I, I met a lot of new people there. Every one of those guys that I sat down and talked with um, are, are biblical men of God or or simply you're not allowed on my podcast and I don't present you that way. Um, if, if you're not a believer, you're going to know right up front why you're on the po- mm-hmm. on my podcast. Maybe it's because <laughs> we want to discuss something that that, that you believe erroneously. Yeah. But overall, um, I think it was I think it was a, a very needed and, and a very good conference. That's great. That's and great. do you think do you think it needed to be um, I guess elevated to the sense of the level of the conference? Do you think? It needed to be of that size. It was is that such a big issue that we we seriously needed that as a as a conference. I don't know how many people went there, but I'm assuming there was a good no, number. No, actually it wasn't. It was a very small conference. I think oh. at the third day. Uh so what it was, it was originally um James White, who is for your listeners that don't know, I'm sure they do, he's a pretty infamous debater. He I think uh <laughs> his 180th debate was at that conference. So two and a half days and then they did a, they did a debate at the end. So I think the way it worked is Jeff Rice said, I want to keep it small. Um, He said at the end of the conference, if it ever gets any bigger than this, which on the last day, there was maybe 65, 70 people there. It was very small and it was kind of, he just, he just advertised to certain people that he wanted to come down. He goes, if it ever gets bigger than this, I won't hold it. I want it to be a very intimate setting among believers um, that need to be straight, almost like a, almost felt like a pastor's conference a little bit. Um, wow. Cause I'd say the majority of people there were in some, some type of ministry that I talked to, but on the last day, and one of the reasons I really went down there was just to say that I had also seen a James White debate in person. He was a big influence <laughs> on, my, on my life growing up and he was arguing LSB versus King James only with the King James I only. Yeah. And the, the debate footage isn't out, but um, that's a whole nother discussion. The debate was very disappointing from the from the other side. But really? um, but I have I have a large contingency of King James only in my community and a large church that's King James only. And, they're, and they are rabid, rabid people for the most part. Well, at least their leadership is and unfortunately hmm. confused on, on a lot of things. But I went down there to, to watch that. So so it was kind of nice to like to answer your question, Jacob. I don't know if it was necessarily like it was a, not a G3 national conference. It wasn't yeah. a fight lap feast. There weren't thousands of people there where right, something right. they had to raise to the level. It was, it felt more like maybe a, in the days of those smaller Ligonier conferences where they used to have shepherds conferences kind of felt a little more like that, but it, okay. either way I was down there. I did want to cover it. And like I said, um, anyone, especially even guys like you that are, that are um, have a biblical worldview that truly believe, um, in the Bible and, and what Christ said, we want to platform those guys as much as small as my platform is. It may be a little larger than other people, or it's at least something. 
I want to yeah. put those guys on the podcast and I want to talk about Christ crucified and Christ risen and Christ reigning with them. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So I guess along those same lines, um, you, so you used to be a, uh, you used to be, well, you, we were talking in the pre-show, you used to be a lot of, you know, reformed Baptists, well, although you started more on the, um, other side of things. I'd love to hear that yeah. in a second too, but you did a, a podcast with, um, pastor Jared Longshore, uh, or it might've been actually during the fight left East conference when you interviewed, it was, yes. um, and you were both kind of discussing that journey that you both had, um, to, you know, pedo baptism hitched, you know, connected to covenant theology, connected to post-millennialism or, or amillennialism, those, those sorts of things. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your, your history in terms of that. And then that'll kind of guide us in our conversation as to how we can work alongside those sorts of people who maybe haven't come to that conclusion yet, but are kind of on their way there in a sense. Yeah, sure. So first and foremost, I'll say that, um, uh, Pedo and credo baptism to me, and I think biblically is a secondary issue. Hmm. Uh, much more important by looking at the orthodox primary doctrines of Christ, uh, in a believer, and I would say if you're outside of those, I would classify you as a non-believer. Um, and we ha- I actually just had this discussion on an episode coming up with uh, a gentleman who was 19 years Mormon in the priesthood mm. and is now Reformed wow. Baptist. So we had him on the podcast, oh. and that'll be coming out in a few weeks. Um, and we're talking about those things that need to separate us from cults and non-believers. So first and foremost, I think baptism is a secondary issue within the as long as it's not salvific. If you are a Catholic or Lutheran and you're holding that baptism regenerates or saves you, well, then I don't think there's any biblical basis for that. But both in in the ones I've worked with, the Reformed Baptists and Reformed Presbyterians, uh, we don't believe that. And I would say that you guys hold to the the same thing. But um, I had, like we were talking in the pre-show, I had quite a a journey from going from a non-denominational fundamentalist church in the 80s uh, to up until when I was about 12 or 13 and then switched, uh, to a very Pentecostal church. That was very Toronto blessing. (laughs) I'm showing my age by even saying that I think that was early nineties, uh, (laughs) which then morphed into the Bethel stuff. Um, you know, like, okay. uh, Uh, who's, uh, uh, who's, uh, Bill Johnson's right-hand man, Chris Valutin, Valutin. He came to our church and prophesied over me, put it, I'll put it to you that way. Oh my goodness. It was like, (laughs) So I got quite the range of wow. theology and doctrine, okay, within the first 16 yeah. or 17 years of my life. Um, and, and then there's a whole period there, which I've talked about many times on the podcast where I ran from the Lord, uh, hmm. you know, was full of sin and pride, depravity, all those things. Said the sinner's prayer at seven, but uh, wasn't uh, but wasn't saved until 24 when the Lord in his graciousness and undeserved uh, saved me. One of the issues that I wrestled with, and I don't base any of my theology on personal experience, but one that opened my eyes to it was I said the sinner's prayer at seven, but I wasn't allowed to be baptized to about 13 when I had the age of accountability. Mm. And when the Lord saved me in my early 20s, looking back on that, I went, what is that? What was that from seven <laughs> to 13 years old? Was yeah. I saved? But I, so I had a credible profession of faith at seven, according to the church but not credible enough for baptism, but we didn't believe that baptism saved. So it was this weird <laughs> thing with me where I go, was yeah. I just, I was kind of not part of the covenant or I wasn't even using words like covenant. I was saying right. I'm not part of the church or what's going on. So that was very confusing for me. And then working through that and getting into covenant theology, 
and between uh, me and you guys, uh, I think we complicate a lot of stuff in the Bible. That's why I'm Reformed, I'm Covenant Theology, and I'm Amillennialist. Or we can say Postmillennial has that same simplicity that says we're God created us, He made a covenant with us, He saves and redeems us, and He's returning one day. And, and that's the Bible. All the stuff in between when we get into the premillennial and the rapture hatches and the, you know, uh, in the post-trib, mid-trib, half-trib, quarter-trib. Sounds like you're auctioning <laughs> off uh, cattle. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think that's just us complicating things when, in fact, the Bible states something much more simply. So, so for me, that my journey was looking at what the Bible said and, and saying, I have no problem. And look, I'll take the R.C. Sproul approach, even in his book, Truths We Confess. He says, if you want me to turn to one scripture implicitly that says to baptize your children and infants, I can't do it. But it doesn't prohibit it. And we do see a sign of circumcision in the Old Testament being a covenant. Yep. And, we, and it's clearly says that baptism is a sign of the new covenant. So um, yep. that, that yep. helped me across that chasm as well, too. But as for a Reformed Baptist um, that, that believes in a believer's baptism, that's fine. I can still link arms with them and fight uh, woke culture and politics and heresy and all those other things. Yeah. Uh, um, an example uh, I was thinking of to kind of push the conversation forward. Um, my parents, I was, I was working at the time, but my parents and my other brother, Wesley, were going to this like um, abortion uh anti-abortion uh kind of like i don't know what it was protest rally something like that in in our small town and the person leading it was a catholic and you know at that time there was kind of the question of do they do they stay and continue um protesting even though the person is catholic that's running it or do they leave because the person's catholic and I think like, there's there's an obviously, yeah. obviously obvious obvious answer there is that no you stay because you're all coming together fighting for the same thing even though may you might disagree on other issues this issue you're strong on and you're able to yeah. actually you know get your voice out and try yeah. and change this issue um yep. so would you say that is true of most cases or most um uh, problems that need to be fixed. Do we stand with other people that might disagree with that? And is there a point in which we stop that? Uh, where we might, man, that's a, that's a great question. And that's a big question. Um, usually for me, so my background is having worked in politics on national and state campaigns, being a, a lobbyist, well, essentially a lobbyist and a, in a legislative liaison at my state capital since 2008 or nine ish. Um, that, that's a tough one because I worked through that one personally as well, because there's a lot of greater good talk when you're in politics, right? Like I, I would go up there and I would start whipping <laughs> votes and go to the Democrats and say, Hey, uh, this is how you can spin it to your liberal and democratic, uh, caucus. All I need is your vote. Uh, so there was a lot of that. Now I've probably come a little ways away from that. Not quite as crass on that because there was conversations where, you know, politicians are so lazy. They just want a good line that they can take back to their local voters and go, oh, well, I voted this way. And if it, you know, and it gets them off the hook, well, then I want your vote and we'll pass legislation through that's for the greater good or more biblical or more godly or whatever it is. 
I would say on core issues, you can link arms with believers and even sometimes non-believers. If, if I have an atheist uh, that wants to support a, a abolitionist bill um, and he's a, and he's a elected official, that's fine. You could, yeah, vote for it. Let's, let's figure out how we can do that. Now, some would say, why would he want to do that? Well, look at if you're a reformed believer and you believe in the providence of God and you read your Bible, God will use anyone, anywhere, anyhow he pleases. Now that isn't, that rocks and trees. Mm -hmm. Right. But that doesn't mean we go out there and we seek them out and, and, you know, and try to partner and build things Uh, with them. Let's not be unequally yoked and all those things. But, but at the same time, uh, I don't argue with God. I'm to the age to where I, I, I love Romans nine. Uh, when it says, uh, who are you, old man to even look at God and ask why I don't get to ask why to God. I I think there are some Jacob, there are some, uh, instances where we can do that. Uh, now the things of the things of God, the things of doctrine and theology, I would say we have to parse that out and we have to be a lot more careful on that. I don't think, um, reformed Baptist reformed Presbyterian, as long as I said, like I said, they're not salvific. I think I can work with them on on just about anything. I look to like the R.C. Sproul and the John MacArthur. Both of those guys I disagree with on some things, more so with the John MacArthur. But at the same time, I have no problem with those two sitting at a conference together. They did ministry together. They did evangelism together for over 50 years. Um, and they were so far apart on, on baptism, for instance, <laughs> and even on their eschatology. But I think yeah. the Lord used that relationship greatly. Yep. Um something real quick as a as a sort of an an analogy i think it's actually my brother wesley who came up with this and actually i think he was just parroting from our mom but um he was talking about using yeah yeah using (laughs) the the sticks and the stones saying that god will use the sticks and the stones but we need to sharpen the sticks and the stones into spears um take the sticks and stones yeah take the sticks and the stones and sharpen them and make them better um so. your mother's a wise woman hi mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah. indeed indeed yeah and and this is a big um we've been discussing this a lot i mean discussing it for like almost a year now but especially more more frequent more recently we've been talking about on the eschatology on the eschatology front you know you get a lot of baptists who are pre-mill who are working very hard politically for a lot of things uh we've made the argument that it's it's like it's very much like atheists who are working uh who who believe that murder is wrong and stealing is wrong and all those sorts of things it doesn't comport with their worldview their worldview says differently but they're living in consistently with it and we love it it's like that's great that's wonderful um you know premillennialists working really really hard to preserve america working to restore it to the con- you know constitution it's antithetical to their worldview but I love it. I'm like, that's great. Please don't be consistent with your worldview, which says, Hey, we want it to get worse. So Christ comes back sooner. You know, like <laughs> that's the, yeah. So, being so even that is a, even that is a common grace of God though, because the Bible says that there's a transcendent law. There's a transcendent morality that he has seared onto our conscience. So even the atheist that, that puts his fist up in the air and right. rages against God yeah. understands in godly principles and, mm-hmm. and lives by godly principles. Yeah, uh, he, yep. he, he wants to, 
you know, he takes care of his mother. He doesn't steal. And look at, we can, you know, and they write books about all oh, the moral landscape. And the reason why is because of evolution. And they'll make up all kinds of reasons why they have that yeah. spirit into their conscience. Right. We know why. So once again, I think that goes back to even the common grace of God in having a morality, a shadow of that morality seared upon our conscience, even if, even when we hate God and we're his enemy. Um, I, I think you will see God haters doing things that are godly yeah. in principle because of that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so by the same token, you know, we talk about <clears throat> working alongside premillennialists on the political realm is an interesting thing. Uh, this was yeah. kind of what we talked about on our Monday episode, actually, um, where you have the, the dichotomy, the breakdown where, okay, they're working to basically have the freedom to share the gospel. And when they say gospel, it's a slightly different, we mean the gospel of the kingdom. They mean a slightly more truncated gospel. That's just, you're a sinner. Christ died for your sins. You want to go to heaven when you die. And there you go. We believe, no, yes, you're a sinner. Christ died for your sins. You'll probably go, to, you'll go to heaven when you die. But the important thing is that you were saved for a reason. You were saved to properly take dominion on earth. You're saved to grow and expand the kingdom of God. Christ is reigning and he's called you as a subject to take dominion over this world properly. Like we have a much more earthly kingdom driven uh, goal that we were saved for, as opposed to just, well, we just want to save souls and get them out of here on the last helicopter out of Saigon. You know, mm -hmm. it's more like, no, no, no. Christ is in charge. Get Christ is right. <laughs> right. Right. So when we work alongside premillennialists, they may not have a problem with the civil government being in charge of roads, for example, if we get to use those roads to share the gospel. Whereas we would say, no, we're not compromising on that. We want to eventually get the civil government out of the road business. They're not building our roads. We are the way the Bible says, right? They're not educating our children. They're not doing this. They're not doing welfare, all these different things, right? We're going to do that because yeah. that's the kingdom of God. So, so there's a point at which it, it ends, you know, when we get to a point where, and I think personally, I believe that's why we're in the situation we're in today. We had a lot of premillennialists back in the thirties, forties, and fifties who said, great, life is good. We can share the gospel, this limited truncated gospel, and it works out great. And they didn't have the vision of no, 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 we need to take this society is under the reign of Christ. That's and we should be preaching from the pulpit how to live as a Christian who's preserving, who's being salt and light in this society to restrain it for Christ, to build a Christian society. We didn't have that goal. We lost it. Um, yeah. So that that to me is kind of the, the difference. Um, we can talk so much more about that. But yeah, very quickly. So anytime that's that's what really bothers me. So anytime your eschatology uh, changes the way you evangelize or changes the commandment of Christ to disciple all nations. Well, that's yeah. when, when you have a skewed view of your eschatology. Unfortunately, yeah. I think that happens most in the pre-mill camp. And I don't want to, I'm picking on my pre-mill brothers and sisters if they're listening right now, but the rapture hatch theology over the last 70 years has caused a lot of issues. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We should be discipling all nations. Now you can do that as a premillennialist. I, I yep. know some pre-mills out there that do, don't huddle down and, hey, let's bunker down and just hope that, you know, Jesus takes us out of here one day. Uh, no, we're actually out discipling all nations. Two, excuse me, I'm getting over a cold, so I, I don't have Ooh. a cough button like a radio station here. I need oh. one. Um, <laughs> uh, two, the second point is, is we have 50 plus years of 
preachers in pulpits saying, believe in Christ and go to heaven. You ask any non-believer out there and they go, where do you go when you die? If you believe in God, oh, you go to heaven. Well, that's true, but to be absolutely out of the bodies, to be present with Christ. But that's not our final destination. We're not supposed to be floating up in the clouds with a harp or even, you know, the, you know, or the, or the more uh, manly worshiping at the throne of Christ. No, we're ruling and reigning and a new earth with Christ. Amen. That's where we're at. Yep. Now, in, and then you've seen all kinds of issues because of that too. Look at, I am a, I'm not a climate change guy, but I am a conservationist. I take care of what the Lord has stewarded me with. When I hunt my, I leave the land better than what I, what I left it. Um, do I waste natural resources? Absolutely not. Do I believe in uh, the climate change, political uh, craziness and regulation? That Absolutely not. But I even believe some Christians have looked at it like, well, eh, we're here on this earth. We're going to be up in heaven one day. Let's not take care of the earth or anything in it. No, we are <laughs> going to be ruling and reigning on this as a new heaven yep. and new earth. Um, so we need to have that yep. mindset. That's why I see some of the post mill and the Amil guys, and I'm probably in the optimistic Amil camp, but I could very be, be easily convinced of post mill. You guys might do it right here tonight on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. But hey, let's but, sound, uh, sit uh, down and chat sometime. <laughs> right. But, but I see I see that those two streams taking the discipling of the nations a bit more seriously because they understand yeah. that this is our final des destination as well, albeit in a glorified body in a, in a new heaven and new earth. Mm. But yeah. that that's what the whole story is about. Once again, very simple. Earth created given to us, fall, guess what? We're going to end back up with Christ and we're going to be ruling and having dominion over the earth just as we are supposed to pre-fall. Yeah. And and yep. I think it's a very simple story and I look forward to that day, honestly. Mm. Amen. And with that, we are four minutes over, but that was like a wonderful <laughs> way to wrap up. That was awesome. Very quick, Sorry though. about that. I'm a <laughs> no, that's why yeah. I started a we, podcast. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same. We yeah. literally never stick to just 30 minutes. It's, it's always four, four or five <laughs> minutes over. So this is there was, very um, typical. So this is great. Our, our Wednesday episode, Bruce was so worried at the beginning that we weren't <laughs> going to get to 30 minutes because we didn't have a whole lot of content. And I would, we I had was more than we thought like, it turned out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, <laughs> I was telling him, don't worry. We always get to 30 minutes and probably yes. we will go over 30 minutes, <laughs> yeah. but here, when here's for 30 minutes here's and, and here's the here's the secret when you have a podcast that deals with theology and doctrine like we both well, like we all do i mean all you have to do is you, you grab this thing right and <laughs> i can open that to a proverb and you got a solid 30 minutes oh for real yeah Proverbs yeah yep. you know, even like your verse today from ecclesiastes one of my top three books People think hmm. I'm nuts when I include Ecclesiastes in there, but I'm telling you, the older you get, the more you appreciate Ecclesiastes. But yeah. I just have to say before we go, you guys, too, and um, this is going to be reciprocated because I want you guys to come on the podcast and introduce you a little bit more to my guest. You young brothers in the Lord doing this consistently, doing it biblically, um, and doing it with in, in godly principle, it's much needed. And I really love what you guys are doing. And I'm saying that. I don't just give platitudes. Thank you. I don't give... You know what I mean? I don't say nice things about people. Ask my wife. I'm a pretty direct. Person. I don't say a whole lot of <laughs> That's funny. nice things about a lot of people. But what you guys are doing on your podcast and, and being from that next generation that's upholding the truth and word of God is absolutely amazing. Well, thank you very thank much. You. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice to hear when uh, you're working hard kind of in the trenches and the growth yeah. is so gradual that it's hard to step mm -hmm. back and see, oh, actually, we are growing. We are, you know, doing things and accomplishing stuff. But yeah, that's, that's nice. Let me ask thing. you if one person 
listen to one part of one episode and the Lord uses that to save them, is, yeah. it, is it not worth it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would yep. say it is. And that's the reason I started my podcast. That's the reason I think you guys started yours. And on top of that, yeah. just keep preaching truth, brothers, uh, in Christ's reign and ruling. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. Absolutely. Likewise. Yeah. Awesome. Well, now we're seven minutes so over. How do you like that? I love it. That's fantastic. That, yeah. It's great. <laughs> yep. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Greg Moore. We really appreciate that. Um, thank you in the audience so much for joining us as well. Don't forget, check out the Dead Men Walking podcast. Uh, we're going to be on his show later this month, I think. So that's going to be yes, look really forward cool. To that. Looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun. And uh, he's got just a ton of awesome content over there. So definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, we will see you next Monday when we delve into current events yet again from a biblical perspective. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. Well, we'll see you on Monday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>